comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Remember how last year we were like talking about the Avengers and it yeah. almost we had like a lot of people on that episode. I am so happy that Adam and Alan weren't on that show. <laughs> well, that would have been crazy long, and you know they're they're quite verbose. Hey guys, what's what's uh, what's going on? Oh, that, what you guys doing? Oh, Adam, uh, <laughs> this is awkward. Is that Adam is that Adam? Is that Adam Gender? It's, it is Adam. I, I don't I don't think he can hear me right now. You're doing creep, what, creep, creepy voice? Really? I'm I'm standing right here. Oh, uh, hey, Aaron, how, how's, uh, how's, did you find Waldo yet? Yeah, I've been looking for Waldo, but, uh, uh guys, I'm on page, like, right here. I'm on page seven. Oh, hey, Adam, have you found Waldo yet? Uh, yeah, I looked for Waldo when I was, like, eight, but that was, that was a while ago, guys. Aaron, how are we gonna get out of this? I don't know. We have to talk about Iron Man 3, but Adam's right here. It's really awkward right now. Let's just tell him that we're not home. Okay, well, we'll... Adam, we're not home. We're we're not home, Adam. Bye, bye, Adam. Uh, you guys need a hobby. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. In, in, introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is not here currently. Uh, Abe, it's hard to work out some schedules this week, and basically Abe is going to join myself later on to have a kind of a special spoiler talk about the movie we're discussing this week. But anyway, Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to our main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 102, 102, and uh, tonight, today, to this morning, whatever, we are talking about Iron Man 3, the latest in the, in well, the, the beginning of Phase 2 of Marvel's Cinematic Universe, and joining me, since Abe is not here, um, we have a couple guests, we have from Naptown Nerd, currently shaping his facial hair to be Stark-tastic, Brandon Peters. Happy 5th of May. <laughs> That's what they call it, I think, I think they just say 5th of May, Yes. I don't think there's anything else associated with that. No, it's Cinco de Mayo. Oh, oh, oh my God. Okay, well. <laughs> that's, my, that's my fake befuddled noise, I guess. That's what that is. Also joining me uh, from Slash Film, first time on the show, the man who has more movie posters than Iron Man has suits, Jermaine Lucier. What's up, Aaron? Thank you for having me on, sir. Oh, for sure. Oh, glad to have you. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we're just yeah, we're going to get into it here. First off, though, a few announcements. Um Presumably, when this episode comes out, I have mentioned before, the iTunes feed for the show was going to go offline and then come back online because the network that hosts our show, HHWLOD, is going through some a revision. The, the site is being completely upgraded. So if everything went right, everyone that uses iTunes to listen to the show should have been able to resubscribe and be a part of this again. However, if that has not happened yet, that is something that needs to happen soon. Everyone needs to resubscribe to the show that listens to iTunes. There are other ways, of course, the Potomatic site and the HHWLOD page in general, but for iTunes listeners, I hope that everyone that is able to resubscribe accordingly. So, 
We'll see. And I'll put more of that on the Facebook page and what have you. Um, what else? Contest. Uh, for episode 100, we announced the special contest to design a banner for our show. We have our Facebook and Twitter page, which have a banner. And you can still enter. We have a couple submissions already, which are quite cool. I like them. But outnowpodcast at gmail.com or just put it on the Facebook page. We'll be happy to take in submissions and Abe and I will determine which banner we like best. And they get a very fancy prize, which includes an assortment of different Blu-rays, including Life of Pi and some Out Now swag. So there you go. That said, there will be a Star Trek contest, too, in the coming weeks. And I'm just teasing that for now. And what else here? Uh, Oh, okay. On the Facebook page, I put up a question as normal. What villain would you like to see Iron Man face off against? And I've got a few, uh, a few answers here. Jason put Doctor Doom, the real Mandarin, and how about the real Batman? Willie put alcohol. Uh, Adam Gentry put George W. Bush. I'd like to see that fight. That'd be Bush have armor, I guess. Uh, Mercedes put amnesia man. Jeanette put, the guy who backed into my car while I was picking up my clothes at the cleaners gave me all phony information, even the license plate belonged to another car. Go get him, Iron Man. That's a lengthy answer, but I like it. And Eric put, Bill Nye the Science Guy, the ultimate answer, I think, in fighting Iron Man. That's, yeah. He could team up with Beekman from Beekman's World. <laughs> team up. And, and Beaker from the Muppets, but not, not, the, not the professor. Right. And I like that one of those answers, uh, if you've seen the movie, sort of... It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe phase three. We'll find out. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So that was her. Thank, thanks again for everyone that submitted to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. We always like putting up questions and seeing feedback from our listeners. So, you know, thank you guys. And, uh, yeah, all right. That's that's announcements this week. Um, let's get to know everybody. Each week on the podcast, we try to answer, ask each other a few questions and try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. And with that said, I'm going to start this one off and ask Brandon a question. Brandon, mm-hmm. what accessory do you add to Iron Man's next model suit? Um, the Google Glass. The Google. <laughs> Doesn't he kind of already have that? No, but he's got you know they got a product placement in it. Um, <laughs> so, he, so he sponsors himself out. He, he has all the money. Yes. Um, hmm. This is a tough part of the podcast. This is, <laughs> yes, this is, yes. The pressure cooker is on. I mean, he's got a lot of cool stuff already. Um, well, what's your answer, Aaron? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, does, do you, does Iron Man, is Iron Man able to cook in his suit? I don't think so. Why Why, why not get a toaster? Why, I think you can find a play for it. Maybe I, think a, I think the obvious answer is uh, plumbing, right? This way he just never has to come out of the suit. Oh, this is true. There you go. Surprised if he doesn't have that already. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you never know. One, I mean, of, one of those lost questions of Iron Man, really. He's <laughs> <laughs> so got a little flap that when he's flying just drops out and it just opens and drops on whoever. Those the, the deleted prank scenes of Iron Man where he gets really yes. drunk and just starts flying. That was <laughs> Iron Man 2, right? Where he's just. <laughs> he does pee in the suit in Iron Man 2. He just does. Does I don't know. see, but doesn't doesn't have the filtration. That's the problem. Yeah, he was just really drunk and just decided to go for it. Alright, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, is it Jermaine? Yes. Or, okay. Um, more stylish, uh, or what, what was Guy Pierce's name? Killian. Killian, that's right. Killian or Gay Perry? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, come on. I mean, you gotta go with Gay Perry on this one. I mean, the guy has a gun in his crotch, right? I mean, 
that's that's style personified for some reason. I don't know. And I'd assume that Gabe Perry probably has two dragon tattoos under his shirt as well. So. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Aaron, yeah. um, more rather going to date with Pepper Potts or Rebecca Hall's character? Hmm. <laughs> uh, what's funny is like Gwyneth Paltrow is like so likable in the Iron Man movies, yet everyone hugs her outside of those now. But Rebecca Hall, I know so little about it seems. So, and she is a she's a stunning botanist, if that's what you <laughs> want to call it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rebecca Hall. Hello. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, back at you, Jermaine. Um, hammer, shield, or armor? Uh, I I like the armor. It's just it's so versatile, and um, you know, I feel like like we were just saying, you could build build like it sort of already is a shield, and it already is a a hammer all in one. I guess it does come back to him. Yeah. Fair. Um, Brandon, favorite yes. version of the Iron Man armor. Favorite version of the Iron Man armor. Uh, you have forty two to choose from. Yeah, I got yes. a couple there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to be boring and say like the classic look from the first one. Okay, that's. The Mark II or three? The Mark III? Yeah. Just yes. the Mark III, yeah. yeah. The Mark III, yes. Um, Aaron. A little too gold for me at this one, I gotta say. I like, I like the red. Yeah, I do. I, I like a good mixture of them. Yeah. Um, I'm, Aaron, right? You haven't had two questions asked. No, right? no, yeah. Okay. Um, this is gonna get deep here. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you're, you, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is no longer able to, doesn't want to do Iron Man. Uh, you have to cast the next Tony Stark. Who? Donald Glover. Um, let me think. Let me, um, I heard Spider-Man at first. It was weird. Um, let's see. Who would be the next Tony Stark? Why don't you just bump up Don Cheadle? Just make Rhodey. <laughs> just not even have Stark character. Just, you know, just kill him off. Just just kill him off. Avengers <laughs> 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 just, just, mur- just straight up murder him. Uh, classic weed and twist, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go <laughs> go for that. Just, just, just not even recast it. Just rather than see someone else don the goatee, we'll just murder off Stark, bump up Rhodey to do to new position, and um, or Jarvis. Maybe maybe, Jarvis. maybe maybe we pull like the secret Terminator salvation ending, and we make the the machines actually turns into the hero. How about that? Fair enough. Okay. Jar- Jarvis now autonomously controls the all iron all Iron Man armors. I'm good. Okay, that's, that's uh-huh. my, there we go. That's, that's it, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's how we play. No, that's how we play. No, everybody. Um, next up, out now quickies. There's no Abe, so he can't say TM. TM. Um, <laughs> each weekend out now, uh, we talk about one movie, but there's lots of movies that come out weekly, and we like to discuss as many of them as we can in a short amount of time. So that's why we have a segment called Out Now Quickies. T- there's no wave. TM. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's Brandon. Have you seen any other any other movies this week? Um, nothing recent uh, within the last um, uh, eighty years, but um, <laughs> I've been I, well. I finally found time to uh, dig into my uh, Universal Monsters box set that came out last year on Blu-ray, and uh, gone through a couple of those. It's pretty awesome little set if you're into those. Um, I, I recommend the the UK version that saves you about eighty dollars on it, and it has cool, the, the, it's cooler packaging, I believe. It's it's more convenient, less disc damaging packaging. Um, but uh, yeah, because the it's one of those books with the pages going into like a sleeve. 
uh, in the U.S. And it's for some reason like about eighty dollars more. So you just go to the U.K., have it shipped from there, and same same exact set, uh, just different packaging. Uh, Jermaine, any uh, movies you can talk about this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, you call it out now cookies, but I'm going to call it out later just because uh, <laughs> this week this week I spent all my time watching movies that come out in the next couple of weeks. Um, two of which I tweeted about, so they're out there. I saw Star Trek Into Darkness, and I saw Monsters University. Um, two movies that I was incredibly excited for, one of which exceeded expectations, one of which almost lived up to expectations, uh, the former being Monsters University. It's a, it's a Pixar sequel uh, worthy of that name, uh, unlike you know maybe a Cars 2. It, it's, it's hilarious, it's emotional, it's surprising. It's fantastic. Uh, so look forward to that in, uh, in June. And then Star Trek Into Darkness is a really, uh, is a very fun film, but it's a sequel in every single way, whereas it's just inferior to the original. I think the only thing where it really improves is Benedict Cumberbatch's, uh, villainous character, John Harrison. Uh, I think that he is much more formidable than, uh, Nero was in the 2009 J.J. Abrams film. Uh, but other than that, you know, and of course, in, it's got more action, the effects are insane, it's an IMAX, so it looks great, but overall, like, the emotion and the sort of magic of the first movie isn't there. That said, I mean, if you like sci-fi adventure and you like the Star Trek films or Star Wars films, it's all, it's all, it's, you know, it'll, you'll definitely be happy paying your $15. So, uh, that was pretty much what I was doing this week. Great, great to hear. Uh, I'm sure there's a few people looking forward to those movies <laughs> out there. And, um, yeah, not surprising to hear Benedict Cumberbatch is great. In the, sorry, Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. He's that bitch. <laughs> not, not surprising to hear that he's great in the movie. And I do – for me and people that know this know that I'm fairly indifferent to Star Trek. I did like Eric Bana in that first movie, actually. He's not the strongest villain by far, but I, I liked his take on that on, – on how he played that part. But, yeah. But, yeah, we're looking – Looking forward to Monsters Inc. or Monsters University, and I'll be I'll begrudgingly see Star Trek and talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, let's see. I was if people that have been following my work on Lights of Blue, I've been covering the Newport Beach Film Festival for the past week, and have finally stopped at that very exhausting time. And I talked about some films I saw last week, but now I've seen a few more films, and there's three that I want to talk about. Um, the Hunt. This film, uh, this was at, Can at uh, the Cannes Festival last year. It stars Mads Mikkelsen. It's a Danish film. And I kind of don't want to describe exactly what it's about. Basically, Mads Mikkelsen plays a teacher, and he's accused of something, and the story becomes kind of a witch hunt involving his character. And I know Mikkelsen won the like the Best Actor Award last year at Cannes for this film, and it, he's really good in it. And he's not even playing like a villain or like a nefarious-type character this time, and that's normally what I see him play. And, and he's also very good on Hannibal right now as well. But... This movie, I was, like, really involved in this movie. And for being a movie that's, you know, a depressing drama, I was wrapped up in how involved I was with the story and how much I wanted to kind of yell at the scream at certain points at characters for what actions were being taken. But that's called The Hunt. And uh, it's, I hope it makes it stateside at some point or even hits Blu-ray or whatever. Um, the other film I saw, The Iceman. This is the film starring Michael Shannon, among others, Winona Ryder, Ray Liotta. Chris Evans, and this is this is a story based off a famous New York contract killer who alleged has claimed to have killed over a hundred people for the mob, um, not in general. And uh, this movie was okay. I liked Michael Shannon a lot because it's hard not to really. But the movie itself doesn't do a whole lot that's very innovative or much that I that really capitalizes off the story. It's very straight and narrow and doesn't really do anything to kind of 
divert away. Has any, Jermaine, have you seen the Iceman? I haven't. I've been meaning to. There's a huge billboard outside my apartment, so every time I walk <laughs> outside, I see like Michael Shannon's glaring face. Yeah. But have not had a chance to see it. Um, I heard heard pretty good things though. I yeah, I've I've heard some good things. I've heard other. I've, I've heard kind of people that kind of agree with what I've been saying, and that's kind of the impression I took away. Like Michael Shannon, like if there's a reason to see this movie, it's for him. His performance is fantastic in this movie, and I do like it. Does kind of blend the idea of he's a family man, and his family doesn't know that he's a contract killer, and he's you know this ice cold killer. And I just wish it kind of did more with with that premise, even though you know it's based off true life. But I wish it kind of did more with it. But yeah, overall, I just wasn't quite satisfied. And the last one, Ghost Team One. Um, this movie this premiered at Slam Dance this past January, and uh, I've seen this. You've seen this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ghost Team One, which was described to me at the time before I saw it as Harold and Kumar meets uh, Paranormal Activity, and that it's very apt. And I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was hilarious. Like it's. It's just these two guys that it's basically a paranormal activity movie, except that it that it leans heavily on the comedy side of it. But it's not like a spoof. It's not like a haunted house or scary movie five. It's just a straight up kind of. It has legit scares in it, but it is really funny. Drain, did you did you enjoy this movie? Yeah, I did enjoy it. Uh, I, I I say I am I can't couldn't really review it. Two of my uh, my good friends wrote it uh, or co-wrote it. Oh really? Yeah, Andy I met Nauer, this guy. Andy Nauer and, and uh, Arthur Pielli. Hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it, it's a, it was a really clever. It didn't didn't dumb down the the uh, the horror aspects. It just pl- placed the comedy in there. Uh, I think it got picked up for uh, you know at least a small distribution sort of VOD thing by a, a parent company or not a parent company like a, a subsidiary of Paramount. So people will get a chance to see it on VOD stuff. And yeah, Ghost Team One is really funny. I think you said it. Yeah, Harold and Kumar meets Paranormal Activity is the easiest way to put it. Uh, this guy's gorgeous girl in it. The kids are good. Uh, the main guys are really funny and great chemistry. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it's scary and funny and uh, yeah, it's a fun little movie. Yeah, I, I I like really want to get the word out because I want like ideally it it works so well with an audience and so if it played in theaters that'd be like great. But if it gets video on demand, I just hope people like go out and, and kind of you know check this movie out. But Ghost Team One that was a that was a good one. I enjoyed that. That was that was the last film I saw at the festival, so I was I was kind of happy the way that concluded. Cool, but uh. All right, so those are the quickies. Let's get to movie trailer talk where we discuss some of the newest trailers and uh, what we thought of them and what have you. The first trailer we're going to talk about, it's a very comic theme this week. We have R.I.P.D., the Rest in Peace Department. This is the film that stars Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges as two paranormal detectives, except they're already dead. Um, Ryan Reynolds has you know, just died as an off as a police officer, and now he kind of comes back to the world as a as an a, a ghost cop, I guess. Would be the... Yeah. Remember, remember uh, Ghost Cop starring Bill Cosby? That's not a movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's just get into it. Jermaine, what did you think of this trailer? I like, uh, you know what's funny? RAPD, they've been shooting it for a long time and did it reshoots, and everybody's like, oh my god, it's going to be a massive bomb. And but I love the idea of it. I've heard the comics are great. And I watched the trailer and I'm like, whoa, that looks pretty awesome. I, I, was, I was very, I mean, it sort of has that Men in Black vibe with like, you know, these you know, this partners sort of saving the world. But I love the idea that they're ghosts and they have these human forms and Jeff Bridges character is, you know, uh, Marissa Miller, whatever her name is, the the Victoria's Secret model. And, and they have to take the stuff down. I thought it looked like a ton of fun. I got my fingers crossed for that one. Like that was a trailer that raised my expectations for a movie, which doesn't happen too often anymore. Brandon. Um, I was, you know, I'd heard a lot about the production of the movie. I'm not familiar with the comic book or anything, but um, it looked like a lot of fun. But I kept, it looked like the uh, the Men in Black knockoff 
a lot to me, and I had a hard time getting out of my mind. And Jeff Bridges looks to be recalling his character from True Grit. Um, but, I mean, it, it looked like a lot of fun. It's not something I'm sold on seeing right away, either. Um, I'm kind of in the middle on it. Like, if I... I've no. I feel like I've known about this movie for a long time, and now you're just. I, I wasn't even aware of the production troubles of it, just because I wasn't really. It wasn't really on my radar at all. So, I, I was more of like surprised, like, oh yeah, this is a movie that's happening still. And so I watched the trailer, and yeah, it feels like, all right, this is the, the Ghost in Black. I get it. Um, but it's a mix of like Jeff Bridges is, he's kind of bothering me because it's like, all right, he's he's he's, he's almost parodying himself, and Ryan Reynolds, I'm, I'm okay with. But like the premise is like sound, and I, I do it, the the James Hong slash Bruce Miller combo that excites me. I always want to see that movie, but um, because of that comedic potential. But um, I don't know. It looks it looks decent. Like what's his name? Um, uh, what's it? Robert uh, Robert Schwanky? Is that his? Like he directed Red. I, I have no He's, idea. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I think yeah, it's the right the director of Red. I believe it's Robert Schwank. Where is it? Oh, I don't know. I not have this on my screen. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Robert Schwen- Robert Sch- Schwenke. Um, he directed he directed Red. Red's fun. This looks you know it has a, it certainly has a fun attitude going. Uh, you know in the the vein of Ghostbusters Men in Black. So uh, we'll see. I mean I'll I'll see it. So <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I guess is where I'll go. Guys. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And it's apparently it's in 3D because why not? Um, yeah. RIPD comes out July 19th. So uh, <laughs> right there. Right. Right, right after you get everything else done with the summer, almost. <laughs> right before Wolverine, you get your RIPD on. Uh, next trailer, we're talking about Thor, The Dark World. This is, of course, the sequel to Thor, um, and the, the next chapter in Marvel's Phase 2 of the cinematic, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, this one, trading up Kenneth Branagh, we have Alan Taylor directing this time. Alan Taylor, known for his work on Game of Thrones, among other things. Um, everyone returns to this film. Literally, everyone returns to this film for the first one. With, with one replacement, I guess Zachary Levi is now is filling in for Fandral. And who's the villain? This Christopher Eccleston is that, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Christopher Eccleston's the villain this time. And uh, yeah, what do we talk? What do we think about Thor, Brandon? What do you think? Uh, I think it looks pretty awesome. Um, I was I, I liked the first Thor. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise to me because I thought it was going to be trash, and I ended up actually really liking it. It was a fun kind of general audience movie. Um, this one looks to be up in the stakes with the uh, tone and scale and, you know, getting really deep uh, with things. Uh, I, uh, I'm worried about Jane Foster from the trailer <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and then we got a sneak peek at the new Crow movie at the end, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, for me, for me, that's the that's the best part of the trailer is... Because, uh, yeah, it's where we see Loki, and he's not playing Crow, but it is funny that like, right after that trailer came out, everybody's like, he's going to play the Crow, and you're like, that hair is nutty. But it makes sense. <laughs> he's, been, he's been imprisoned, right? He's been imprisoned after yeah. his uh, slap on the wrist from the Avengers. He's that but, guy that won't leave the party. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I... Well, Jermaine, what do you think of the trailer, I guess, in general? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think... I, I'm looking forward to it just because I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, every movie in uh, the Marvel releases just because I'm so invested in the story and the spectacle at this point. Uh, but that said, the, the trailer didn't do enough, enough to like super wow me. Like it didn't, it didn't raise expectations. It didn't drop, drop expectations. It sort of was like, okay, cool. That's, that's what they got. That looks good. Now uh, let's see more, you know, and we will in the next couple months as, 
get closer to November. And uh, I think I was probably, you know, giving it a strong six and a half. And then the Loki reveal at the end popped it up to like a seven, seven and a half, you know, like if you were doing it that way. Um, were you I, a, were you I, a, I, sorry? Were the you, first were you, film? No, the first yeah. film. Um, I've only seen it once. I saw it in a the theater and I sort of was like, oh, that happened and, you know, liked it. <laughs> and I, I'll definitely watch it again before this comes out just to sort of reacclimate myself with Thor outside of the Avengers. Because the idea of the story, they don't really get into it too, too much in the trailer, but of uh, of him like traveling these nine realms to sort of try to save whatever. It, it sounds pretty cool. Like I, I know a little bit more than that, I won't say, but yeah. I, I, the, the story sounds really cool. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm gonna react with myself, and yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's the next one in the Marvel. It's all I'm all about it. Yeah, I uh, I like the trailer. I like the mainly because I, I you got kind of a taste of what the scope of the action is. It certainly looks larger scale than the first one, which kind of comes with the territory. But um, yeah, people on the show know that I like Chris Hemsworth's smile. That 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 plays big for me. He 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 works as Thor. And I like Thor, both of us, Abe and I, uh, like the like the first Thor quite a bit. And Abe was a little more surprised than I was, but I I really liked, um, despite some kind of issues with, with the movie in general, I really like kind of the Shakespearean aspect that was added based on having Kenneth Branagh involved and let alone the scripting, and just the nature of the characters of you know the 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 Loki, Thor, Odin kind of thing going on. And I I'm curious to see how that's going to play on this movie, how how involved Loki may be, how involved Odin may be, and if. There's still kind of that drama involving the these guys, but uh, you know if it's Thor heavy with him going to different worlds and not having too much time for family drama. No, not... there's no. Well, one of the things I was alluding to is one of the things you were just alluding to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there will be more of that. Okay, but, good. That's yeah. that's a. It, that's... It, it, Tom Hiddleston didn't return to have long hair and sit in a cell. Say that. But yeah, so that's that is an aspect I like of, about the the first Thor film. So I'm happy to happy to see that again. And yeah, I mean, I mean again the. Thing, things look bigger, and I I, I like that in, a, in a, a world of Thor. So, and I hope to hope to see more of the Warriors three. So, but yeah, Thor uh, Thor the Dark World comes out November eighth. Yeah, this you know this coming uh, late fall, and uh, presume, <laughs> I presume in three D as well. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. All right, so that's uh that's movie trailer talk. Let's get to let's just get to it. Let's get to our main film review for Iron Man three. Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. And occasionally save the world. So why can't I sleep? You elected me on a single platform. I will defend this country at all costs. The Mandarin must be stopped. Don't know who I am. You'll never see me coming. What are you going to do about these attacks? The whole world's going to be watching. The question, where is Tony Stark? Things are different now. I have to protect the one thing that I can't live without. That's you. Mr. Stark. Today is the first day of what's left of your life. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Iron Man 3. This is the 
the third the third entry in the Iron Man saga, the fourth time we've seen Iron Man on film, and the first time that Shane Black has taken the reins on an Iron Man film. Um, Iron Man three, Tony Stark's kind of dealing with his dealing with, with with what's going on after the events of the Avengers and seeing space and what have you. Spoilers for the Avengers, you see space. Sorry, um, he's. <laughs> He's now back down, back at his play, back at his, back at his mansion, building up suits, not giving a whole lot of time for anything else besides building the suits and staying, trying to stay inside of it. Things are unfortunately not getting better outside that house because the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley, is causing kind of a ruckus. He's blowing up things seemingly at random all over the place, and it, things become a little personal for Tony Stark, and uh, then they become a little bit more personal, and eventually leads to Stark getting cast out of his own home and into the middle of nowhere. He must now contend with the Mandarin and whatever other threats may be coming his way. That's as vague as I can make that plot description sound. Um, a lot of new characters in this one as well, including characters, but obviously the Mandarin. Also, Guy Pierce shows up as, uh, as uh, Killian, the inventor of the Extremis virus. Rebecca Hall plays in, to, plays in as well. All, all that out of the way, let's start with Brandon. Brandon, what did you think of Iron Man 3? I... Highly enjoyed it. Um, I thought, I mean, it was a really good, uh, with its reactionary um, approach to the events of uh, the Avengers, and un unlike Iron Man 2, following the events of what happened previous, you know, you can tell Tony Stark has, has learned and been changed uh, by what's happening, which was a, a, a great step. And, uh, but he's, you know, slowly learning that no matter what, he does, he still has his past to deal with, and um, I thought they did a really good job with uh, their, you know, personal approach, taking him back to the roots. Um, I, I hope, I hope there are no complaints about him not being in the suit a whole lot, and, you know, doing more detective work, um, which I thought was a very cool aspect. Uh, I just, I really like how they handled everything. Um, and they actually had a climactic battle at the end that uh, that was thoroughly satisfying, which was up until the Avengers kind of a problem with all the Marvel uh, movies leading up to the Avengers. It's kind of like their final battles were a bit weak in comparison to what had come before, but now they seem to have a good handle on it. Um, cast was terrific. Um, I love Shane Black even more. I felt like going out and I felt like coming home and watching Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Lethal Weapon and all that after Iron Man 3. Uh, but we'll get in more later, I guess, but I really, really loved it. Okay, cool. Um, I definitely like the film, um, but I'm definitely not as high on it as everybody else. I think, uh, I think Shane Black is awesome. I think Robert Downey Jr. is awesome. I think the action was great. I think the story just had tried to do too much personally i felt like there was just all these sort of not superfluous scenes but scenes that sort of didn't that sort of slowed down the momentum of the film a little bit you know and yeah their their character stuff they all have a purpose i don't think anything was like bad but it just sort of took me out of the film a little bit when you know he has to team up with a cable news guy and you know he's got to you know talk to this little kid and stuff and it all plays its part but it just you take those things, you take Guy Pierce's story, you take the Mandarin, you take, you know, the Iron Patriot, and you take Pepper, and then you take, like, you know, it starts in the 90s, and 
Like you take all these things together and it, it just felt a little disjointed to me. And it was funny when Brandon said, I hope nobody says he's not in the, he's not in a suit a lot. Like that wasn't a problem. I know what they were going for. And like, it, it totally makes sense thematically. And along with his, uh, uh, Tony Stark's arc of, uh, you know, oh my God, like I am not the most powerful man in the world anymore or not even in the galaxy. So uh, I understood why he sort of is out of the suit so much. But if that's the case, it was a little disappointing to see there be like 50 really cool suits that didn't, that, that got utilized, uh, you know, obviously in the climax and a little bit here and there. But I just felt like, oh man, that was such a wasted opportunity. And then there were a couple other spoiler waster opportunities I felt too. Um, so I need to see it again with curved expectations. I'm going to do that this week. Um, because I was, like I said, I'm a huge Marvel fan of these movies, and this is, you know, for all intents and purposes, not only the third Iron Man, but it's the sequel to the Avengers, and uh, it, it was it was a tiny bit of a letdown, but you know, this is all this is all again me pointing out uh, sort of uh, my minor flaws in a movie that I generally enjoy, but it left me a tiny bit disappointed. It's funny that. <laughs> You know, I I, re- I was really looking forward to Iron Man three, and I'm not I'm not about to say I dis I disliked it because I didn't, but I I pretty much agree with a lot of what Jermaine said, or at least his basic vibe. I will say that you've addressed like that kind of the side character, kind of like the the random little stories that are going on with like the cable guy and the and the kid, and those are the kind of things I like the most of this movie. Kind of these little, they just feel like very just just funny Shane Black scenes that he just has in this movie, and I don't know how necessary they might have been, maybe not the cable guy, but the kid, I really like that, I really like the kid in this in this movie and that kind of relationship, but like overall, I did kind of have an issue with how much the story was trying to do versus how much I thought was successful, even though I thought this was an incredibly entertaining movie, certainly one of the funniest action movies that I'll see this year, I'd imagine, and it's held together by how good Robert Downey Jr. continues to be as Iron, as Tony Stark, who's <laughs> seems to apparently like the part he was born to play or just knows how to just just nail every time out and but yeah i i i wasn't necessarily let down it just it didn't go anywhere for me that i wasn't already expecting i guess like it and i wasn't i wouldn't say that i want i needed it to exceed my expectations but i just kind of i felt like i got an, another iron man movie as opposed to something kind of special and i don't know if that's based on like hype scene or my exhaustion from this past week because i do I, I was quite tired throughout this week but i do want to see it again i mean that's if anything if anything that's a good that's a good sign for a movie if you want to go see it again but i can't say i was really blown away by it there's a lot of things i i really do like in it the sha- the shack the shane blackness of it i think was kind of fantastic i loved kind of the things that i could spot that were just like these just feel like things that are coming out of out of a, a, a person that made Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and wrote Lethal Weapon and wrote and I, uh, uh, The Last Boy Scout. What? Sorry? No, just, no, no, no. no. You're, no, no you're, you're making good points. And I, I think one point that I really liked that Brandon made is the that, yeah, Marvel had not really made a satisfying climax until the Avengers, and this nails that. I mean, I think Joss Whedon himself said, uh, I was really excited to do Avengers 2 until I saw the end of Iron Man 3, and I'm like, damn, what am I going to do now? <laughs> You know, like, because it is, it is like super duper epic. Um, but I don't know if the movie sort of earns it. It's like, without getting the spoilers, you can't say it too much. But it was almost like, really, we need to use all these suits for this. I mean, I understood, like, you know, the the, the villains in that climactic scene are, are you know, sort of, you know, but need, need a little bit more uh, effort to to but, take them out. Yes, to take them out. Right. <laughs> but it was just, oh my god, real and. 
I, I, I can't without spoiling anything like the sort of the climax of that scene. I was like, you really had to do that, Tony? Come on, dude! Like, and uh, it, it just it was just another sort of you know uh, ellipses on on a on a character moment that sort of felt like, oh god, you just almost nailed it. See, I do. I I agree with you to that point, and um, <clears throat> in terms of in terms of why certain things need to transpire. And I did – so, but it was a mix of that and, like, kind of the comic geekery of seeing, like, all these suits happening, all these suit changes happening between the characters and just kind of the the general look of that scene I think was really well. For Shane Black, who's, you know, not known for directing giant action blockbusters, this is his second directorial film, directed film. And, I, you know, obviously I know he's not the one behind the camera for all this. There's a lot of, you know, second unit stuff, let alone visual effects work that's going on here. I do think he had a good control of, of the action in this movie and in that climactic scene. I, I – for, I mean, Favreau, as much as I like Iron Man, and I do enjoy Iron Man too, I don't love it, but it, the action in those movies, while satisfying, <clears throat> I think has always had kind of some issues. I don't, I don't, I don't think Favreau is like the best action director, even though he does d- decent action in those movies. I do think, and I wouldn't necessarily say Shane Black is maybe better at action than John Favreau is, but I do think he does a, a very good job of depicting the action in this movie, especially that that Air Force One scene, like that scene. For me, that's like a highlight of the movie in terms of the action, like how that, the, the kind of the stakes involved there and how it comes together. I think it works really well. Yeah, but is it is it Shane Black or is it that now that Whedon is on board and there's a, a whole group coming up with these concepts of how to do this before he even goes and does it? I mean, there's more of a collective now than there was during Iron Man and Iron Man Two. For sure, but I mean, I, I may not be able to like credit everybody I can, but it, I mean. To an extent, it comes down to what the director what the director's looking at, right? right? right. And I think, and I think, I think the more um, the more you read or talk to these guys about the film, you, everybody's doing their own thing. I think you know, you know, I think Joss Weed and Kevin Feige, uh, you know, probably some of the other Marvel brain trust, the guys who wrote, you know, Thor, or whatever, they're probably all in there talking about ideas. But when when Shane Black came on board, it became Shane Black's movie, all for all sense and purposes. You know, he had Drew Pierce's script, he sort of reworked it. And he gives Drew Pierce all the credit in the world, and I'm pretty sure they're co. Yeah, they're, uh, they're co-credited. Credited, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. both. Yeah. But it was Drew Pierce's script, and Drew, you know, Shane Black added enough of his own stuff to get that co-credit. You know, so I, I think I think you can credit him for almost everything. I mean, I mean, now we're this is, this is also a, a case of like a tour theory, but um, yeah, I mean, Brandon, care to comment on any of our sort of nitpicking? Oh, what, what was the what was the bar you guys were holding this up to? Were you holding it up to the Avengers or just the Iron Man series on its own? Cause... It, no, it's more of um, I I know what Marvel movies are capable of. I've been, I enjoy yeah. I basically I enjoy all of them. There's no there's no Mar- there's not the Marvel even even the Hulk movie, the Incredible Hulk movie. Like I don't dislike any of those movies. Some I like more than others, obviously. And with Iron Man, I think it's a matter of how much I love you know. I love the Downey Shane Black combo because I love Kiss Kiss Bang so much. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang so much, and I you yeah. know I love. I I like where I was left off of it. Like you have such a good vibe from Avengers, but I wouldn't say that I'm judging it as as you know the follow up to Avengers. I know it's got to be a movie about Tony Stark, but you know it's the kickoff movie of the summer. It's a new Iron Man movie, and I can't say I was disappointed with kind of the entertainment I was having. I was I was having so much fun laughing with. What Stark was doing with a lot of the the, the one liners, the dialogue in general, like the ban- for me, all the Iron Man movies, the best part of them is the bantering between the characters. Like that's yes. that always. That, I mean, that's the aspect that I like the most between him and Rhodes, him and Pepper, him and the various other characters, and the happy, 
who decides <laughs> John Favreau comes back for Happy. He's a little bigger, a little bigger now. <laughs> Doesn't have that director stress weight loss going on, I guess. But uh, that's that's the thing that I really enjoy about these about these movies in general. And so, I guess in terms of it, it's just a matter a matter of how much the because I, I like the ambition, I guess, because the plot certainly tries to do a lot more than say like Iron Man two does, where it's just oh no, Mickey Work from the Expendables is coming after me. Like I like, but this one this one tries to accomplish a lot and some of it just doesn't stick as well as I maybe would have liked it to so I'm not I, actually you know what I can narrow it down to two, there's two things I can kind of speak of that kind of bothered me a lot there's no ACDC in this movie no well, <laughs> I, I, it might seem like a small factor but there's no ACDC in this movie like I, he has his own he literally has his own theme music playing in the Avengers when he like lands in the, for, for the first time as Iron Man like there's there's no there's it just has it like almost like a separate feel from the other movies. Is like you don't have the key band involved in Iron Man. Like that, that was kind of not there, and it, I don't know, it felt different for me because of that. It, not entirely. But. Well, I, th- I think the problem is that you know you have to judge it on its own, uh, and they're very very specific in saying this is its own story. This is we're bringing it back to the ground. Tony Stark is not in suit for most of the movie. It's about Tony Stark as a a result of the Avengers. But the problem is, now it is a post-Avengers world. And I mean that both in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in our universe, where we're used to seeing that, that sort of epic, epic spectacle. And this has that to an extent. But it also sort of, the connections. One of the things that bothered me a little bit, too, was... I understand that you want to sort of reboot for Avengers 2, sort of set up these new storylines, and this obviously ends on a very interesting note for Tony Stark, but it just sort of goes so far away from that story of uh, of the Avengers and stuff. I was hoping for a little bit more connective, connectivity, whatever. You know, I don't need – I didn't need Captain America to help him. I didn't need, uh, you know, the Hulk to run through the streets or anything like that, which obviously none of that happens but I could have liked a little more than like a shield reference or like, a, you know, or, or people talking about New York and him freaking out like that was sort of their cover was anytime they mentioned New York, he gets the panic attack. So last time you got a good night's sleep. Einstein slept three hours a year. Look what he did. People are concerned about you, Tony. I'm concerned about you. You're going to come at me like no, that? No, look, I'm not trying to be a dick. Taylor. Do you mind signing my drawing? If Richard doesn't mind, you are right with this? <laughs> yeah. Dick? Fine with me. What's your name? Aaron. I loved you in a Christmas story, by the way. Listen, the Pentagon is scared. After New York, aliens, come on. They need to look strong. Stopping the Mandarin is priority, but it's not... It's not superhero business. No, it's not, quite frankly. It's American business. So I said I... Okay. And now it's like, oh, well, then, you know, we can't do that. And I felt, so it was sort of like a cop-out way of sort of just taking – compartmentalizing uh, what the Avengers did and bringing all these worlds together, just sort of get rid of it and restart. And I would have loved for them to sort of figure out a way to build off it, and I felt like they sort of you know went back to square one in a way. Well, do, do you think that was more a uh, response to a lot of complaints from Iron Man 2 being a backdoor pilot for the Avengers, that they were I, trying to keep it to Tony? Uh, oh, absolutely. I think – Absolutely, and, and Iron Man 2 was garbage um, in my mind, and you're right, and I I think this is like leaps and bounds better than Iron Man 2, uh, and and it's still, you know, we're still 
three years away from Avengers 2 with, like, four movies to go. Three movies to go. So, yeah, it didn't need to, like, you know, we didn't need to end in a shot of everybody in the Avengers, but it just it needed to have a little bit more connectivity to sort of – because, like I said, we, we're in, in a post-Avengers world, and everybody in the world saw that movie. And for this to follow up on it and sort of shove it to the side felt, you know, felt a little uh, qu- uh, quaint. I don't know. Well, wasn't there a line dropped in the movie to try to get that with Rhodey saying, you know, this is government business and that's – superhero business so therefore the shield wouldn't involve themselves yeah in i mean i, get, I mean yeah, that, that comes it covers like, it that's the it same, does that, cover that's it. the same as like a comic book i mean you read a comic and you know that iron man's a part of an avengers avengers you don't think no one in a comic book saying hmm i wish cap was here right now it's just that they're they have their own stories like i can i, I could buy that without needing an explanation of why aren't yeah. they here like i don't i don't no, necessarily yeah. need that but it, i just mean i just mean theme, i just mean like tonally and thematically i mean thematically they do work it out but it just didn't feel like uh, outside of Tony, the world had changed that much. But and, and then again, I'm just saying that, and I know that they, the president in the movie creates the Iron Patriot as a result of that. And, you know, and... Well, we're, we're also in... This takes place in Los Angeles and Tennessee and Miami primarily, and the Avengers was New York. So... That's true, I mean, that's true. I mean, how am I in Indianapolis with, you know, the Boston Massacre that just happened? I'm My life is rather similar. Yes, I have the feelings of that tragedy in me, but my life isn't it's not changed in my local area from it so i mean i would think la and those other cities would you know really see the fallout grauman's is gone now based on yeah that's true (laughs) that 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 hurt my heart a little well it's tnl tnl sorry tcl's gone now guys um the other okay the other thing i want to bring up and i'm i'm gonna tread lightly here i (laughs) I like Ben Kingsley and I like Guy Pearce a lot. I was not a huge fan. I like. I don't know what the motivations are for these villains. I besides it's it. it Guy Pearce world domination. Well, I no, guess but world it, domination. I guess like, but it, it seems very like it seems like the first, like Ironmonger and Whiplash had clear motivations to be than these guys do. Like it, it, I feel like, I feel like that they they had a personal vendetta. Whiplash had a personal vendetta against Stark and the name of Stark, and then Ironmonger, you know, he just wants to build bigger Ironmen. Here, I, I get what they're doing, but I guess I didn't see like, and I get there, there's certainly stakes involved with the things that they do do. I said do do, but they um, <laughs> but I feel I, I I don't know. I don't. I didn't feel like a. They felt more like villains of the week rather than someone that that seemed like 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 threats that I was really like compelled by in this film. Which is tough because the Mandarin is Tony Stark's number one. Villain. Yes, and also I want to point out that it, and I'm gonna tread lightly. I I'm not disappointed based on comic themes and based on what happens in. That's not something that bugged me based on the portrayal of 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 the Mandarin in this movie because you obviously have to. Given that the Mandarin has a certain supernatural element to it, and I believe that could even be handled since Thor exists now in this universe, the the way that's handled in this film, it's not something that bugged me in terms of kind of the turn it takes, but the way it's played after that turn happens, that's me tiptoeing. That's something I did not necessarily enjoy based on the the drama involving what the Mandarin has done versus the way that character is does that make yeah. any sense to you guys <laughs> See, I, yeah I, I, li- I like that stuff but they kind of 
I think I'll, it, I think it, I think they it went with it too long. They they played on it too long. There, I could agree with that. I think because I think it undercuts the severity of things that the, that was that happened. Yeah, they 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 kept running with it, and it's like a, you know, it, it was still funny, but it was like okay, we it, we got it the first time. And then Guy Pierce becomes like a Street Fighter villain at the end. That's uh, it looked like. Do you guys did you guys ever read the Robin comic series that came out when? Uh, uh, Drake became Robin and went off on his own for training. Like his own separate? He, his own... No, I never read that. No. Okay, well, he had this... He, I can't remember the guy's name. He fought this villain that looked exactly like Guy Pierce with the tattoos. <laughs> and he was, he was like this blind guy, but they had the same tattoos. It just reminded me of that. The man with the dragon tattoos? man with the dragon tattoos. All right, any other, any other thoughts on, on Iron Man? It is very funny. I need to emphasize this more. Like this movie is, is like hilarious. It, it's it doesn't even necessarily need to be, but it's like it's really funny. Like I mean, I don't think might... the trailers don't sell that at all. They they play up yeah. the dark angle. Like Tony Stark loses his house and he's out in the snow somewhere, but it's really funny. Yeah, it's very much still an Iron Man movie. Uh, I, people might scoff that he pairs with a kid for a while, but it actually works quite well. I was surprised. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, like, I was a little down on it. But, yeah, it is a fun summer movie. It's a satisfying movie. It's just not a perfect movie. I, I think, I think you know, and I don't think The Avengers is a perfect movie either. I think The Avengers is... Agreed. I think The Avengers is more flawed than this, actually, if you sort of break it down narratively. I would agree with that, too. Yeah. But it just, it, it's so grand and fun that it's that sort of run, you know, sort of... It pops. Co- yeah, it pops and it covers its flaws, where this, I think, sort of gets there eventually... But, you know, it sort of is – it's a little bit of a letdown. But, you know, I, I think people are going to love it. Obviously, people love it. It's already in, in its first week uh, outgrows both of the other films, which – and the, both the other films are massive hits. <laughs> so it's like who knows how much money this movie can make. And I, But I think that's largely in part of the of the Avengers, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like it – because it's basically – it's coming down to me as like – a slightly above average summer action movie as opposed to kind of the the, the pinnacle of Marvel or the, the best thing Marvel's done yet. Like it, and it, uh, to an extent, I think it's because I'm holding it to a certain degree that's not related to Avengers necessarily, but related to like kind of everyone involved. Like in the, in, clo- at, in closest to Avengers, I guess, is kind of the fact that they've made Avengers and they know how, what they, they can accomplish. So they certainly set a maybe a higher stakes for what Iron Man three is, and I think they do try that. I think it's a very it's one of the more interesting films. I think, and the, maybe the most interesting film in the Marvel kind of universe in terms of all what they try to do with the story, what they try to add in with Tony's arc, and not just you know make him the same guy again. Like, there's a lot of things that they try to go for, and I, I, I wish I like I wish I came out of this like being as thrilled as you are, Brandon. I really do, but yeah, it, it does it did kind of. It didn't quite nail me the right way, and in the summer where I'm, you know, looking really forward to some, you know, kind of more original movies like Pacific Rim or Elysium, Iron Man 3 just kind of felt like, hey, it's another Iron Man movie. I had fun with this. What's next? Like, that's kind of yeah. bad. I, I guess, I, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, of course I was going to see it, but there were other movies I was more excited for the summer, and so maybe I was a little surprised. Who knows, on subsequent viewings, you guys may appreciate it more, and I may take my I hope I do. I horse down. I'm, I'm almost play. sure I will, yeah. just because you know, it, it, like I said, it is a fun movie that I enjoy. It was just you know, you watch it that first time. I always find that if it's a movie you're really looking forward to, and it doesn't quite hit you that first time, go in going into it again, give it another shot with tempered expectations and the complete knowledge of what you're about to see. You're just able to enjoy the ride. It's always more fun. 
Yeah. I see. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of, I'm with that sometimes, sometimes I'm not. Like, it's like when I saw Dark Knight, I, like, I, I used the word perfect. I was like, this, I'm done. Like, that was it. I saw Dark Knight Rises and I'm like, very good. And then I saw it again <laughs> and I was like, still very good. There are issues, but very good. Like, so it's, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, work, see, so. I still fear, I, I still haven't watched Prometheus a second time, so I still <laughs> fear, I still am hesitant. On that, but. Very good looking. That's that's that was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to our our rating for Iron Man three. I think we're good for now. But I will remind people that Abe and I, maybe I guess I don't know. We'll, we will talk about a more spoiler, spoiler heavy thoughts on Iron Man three, kind of at the end of this podcast. We'll put that at the end. But yeah, let's get to our rating for Iron Man three. Each week on out now of Aaron. <laughs> Each week on Out Now of Aaron and Abe, we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale for that that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. How do we start? Brandon, where would you put Iron Man 3 on that scale? Go see it now. Theater. It's not an IMAX, is it? It is. I saw it in IMAX. It is IMAX. Okay. So IMAX. It, uh, it's 3D. 3D IMAX. Not, not, not great 3D, I'm going to say. No, okay. I'm not, I'm not a big... I'm, I'm not big on the 3D thing, so I always go 2D. But I know kids like it. I guess I don't know. I say that because like so, I, like Avengers, Avengers, like even though like the 3D wasn't amazing, I do think that movie's more colorful, and so it kind of added to it. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, lot, a lot of somberness in some of Iron Man three. But. Not, not dark and snowy. Yeah, like Iron Man three can get. Jermaine, your your rating? I think yeah, I think see in the theater. I think if you if you're listening to a podcast about this movie, you're going to enjoy this movie. On enough of a of a level where you're you know you you gotta see in the theater you know if you're a movie fan see this movie in the theater cool and yeah I I'd say a theater for sure as well I mean it's super entertaining like regardless of the minor quibbles that Jermaine and Jermaine Jermaine and I have had I uh, I, I certainly think you know seeing it with a big audience and seeing it on a big screen is just great it's just it's a it's a great looking movie for sure and you know a lot of a lot of fun to enjoy. All right, let's do a little movie callback, callback, callback. Uh, this is where we discuss some movies that – just mention some movies that uh, relate in some way to the main feature of the week that you might have thought of during or, or after it. Uh, Brandon, any, uh, any any callbacks? Uh, there's this little niche movie that came out last year. Uh, remind me of it called The Avengers. You might – if you haven't seen it, go rent <laughs> it. Um, uh, of course, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Um obvious ones, but I'll stop there because I'll probably have a lot of similar ones too. Okay. Jermaine, any other uh, similar movies? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, all the Marvel ones we just said, and Shane Black, but I mean, Air Force One, just like to see a big explosion on a plane again, um, and, and what did I just watch? I just watched Escape from New York this week, and that has a sort of an Air Force One crash, so I want to throw that out there too. Alright. <laughs> um, yeah, Terminator 2 know, came to mind. Little Terminator 2 action I saw in there. Um, some, some Street Fighter. I saw some Street Fighter in there. And The A-Team. Mainly because we, we have... Uh, and, and The Losers, for that matter. A lot of movies taking place in, like, giant, like, container places out of Bay. That happened in the climax. And this this followed into there. Yeah, that's a, that's a, the A-Team is a good call, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and we'll just say The Wire Season 2. The yeah, Wire Season 2. <laughs> a- Abe will appreciate that for sure. He's a huge fan of The Wire. But, yes, that's The Wire I, uh, Season 2. I'm gonna mention real quick. Those end credits are awesome. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, I always like the end credits. Those are highly. They are good. I think the tag, the tag, they are very good. I think the tag is good, um, though it takes a long time to get there. Man, a lot of people work on it. Yeah, there's a lot of digital effects. <laughs> yes. 
that the tag and i'm not gonna ruin it the tag is just like this like hey you want to do this like that's what that feels like <laughs> it's like no let's just let's just ad lib a few lines you, you, you're, it, was, you're, it was it was almost as big as like the clerks two special thanks to myspace user blah 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 credits it was ridiculous <laughs> Way to make the Clerks 2 MySpace call back. <laughs> well, I mean, remember he threw that in I, yeah, I remember it. I think okay. I'm in that list, actually. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, let's go for box office. Each week at Out Now, apparently, we go on the box office totals and find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. And, boy, this movie made a lot of money, but let's see. Abe went first place, obviously, with $127 million. Maxwell went first place with $140 million. Jose went $132 million. I tried to undercut it, try to get that gap, play prices right rules, and said 115. None of us were even close. Maxwell's the default winner, though, because Iron Man 3 made $175 million this past weekend, adding on to its, its ginormous worldwide total already. But $175 million, that's, 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 a few, that's a few buckets. A few buckets. Yeah, it's only second place. So it's only second place. Only second place all time. To, yeah. to, to another Marvel movie. It's a, it's, a, it's a failure. It's a failure right there. Second place. A flop. That's like, like like people calling like Dark Knight Rises a flop last year when it grossed what a billion dollars or yeah, but yeah, quite a quite a, a few chunks of change clearly on its way to a billion dollars. I should make note right now that uh, last year we did do a we did a, do a summer a summer challenge between Abe and I and a few guests, and we have recorded a second one as well, our second annual one. So um, look forward to that. But uh, Iron Man three looks like <laughs> we'll see we'll see how the other films do, but that's a that's a pretty good pretty good shot of the spot there. And actually, Jermaine, I'm pretty sure you got you and uh, Peter over at Slash Home and some of the old Totally, totally Rad Show guys, you guys did a summer challenge wager as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I think they, we do it every year. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's up on SlashFilm.com right now, and we just recorded a podcast about what we think are going to be the top movies of the summer. And it was this, it was divisive. Uh, I said Man of Steel, Peter said Monsters You, and Jeff said Iron Man 3. Huh? And, you know, it, it's as the number one. And you know what? It's going to be tough to beat Iron Man 3 at this point. I mean... I, I, there's no way Man of Steel has a weekend like this. Just doesn't have the uh, what's it called? I think maybe it'll have more legs. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting summer at the movies. Jeez, P- Peter, Peter on Monsters University really went all in. Who loves that yeah. Pixar? Does he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else happened? Pain and Gain. Really, nothing else happened. Like Pain and Gain made seven billion. Forty two made six billion. Forty. I'm, I'm proud of forty two. Like forty two is not great, but it's good, and I, I'm glad that it's making money. Like it's. I, I, I like that ja- our Jackie Robinson movie is doing. Well enough to still be in the top three for the past four weeks. But there you go. Um, what mud? Mud's in the top ten. Mud made mud made two million. Well, it, the top ten sort of gets uh, cra- uh, you know when yeah when there's one giant one lumping in at the top, it's like everything. Else. Yeah, it, it, everything else sort of pops in. I mean, a place from beyond the pines is in. The, come on, the Oz great and powerful. It's been out forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, that's just it's only because Iron. Everybody went to see Iron Man. Yeah. There is a $170 million drop between number one and number two. I mean, come on now. And there was no counter-programming romantic comedy either, was there? No, yeah, no, no. no. The big, There's usually one of those that will make 15 the, to the 20. The big wedding's still out, guys. The big wedding's still out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Perry's Peoples comes out next weekend, so that will, yeah. wonder what this means for Great Gatsby, because second weekend in May is always kind of a, a disaster. It's, it was, it's, it's not it's, that type of movie that really is needing the huge burst, is it? I think it's an expensive movie. Expensive. I think it'll do well. But, I mean, Iron Man will carry over. Iron Man will win the next probably two weekends, and then it's going to it's gonna fight with Star Trek, I think. Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right, let's get to – let's get to uh... – there's no Abe. No Abe to help me on this one. Let's get to some games here. 
Are we not going to do predictions? We do that later. Oh, we do that later? Yeah. Okay. Brandon, come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm sucking at Abe Jr. Let's get to games, though. Okay. That, of course, is the improv theme for games. And I haven't created a new game that you two can both play in. It's called Iron Men. And basically, I have a list of films here that all have some kind of, a character and characters in some way in having some kind of suit, whether it be an exoskeleton, a mech, or some kind of armor. So I'm going to read a small description. You have to guess what movie I'm talking about, and just kind of shout out the answer. I got a I got a few of these here. So let's uh, see how this goes. Iron Man. Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Here we go. Here's Pacific a, Rim. Here's the first one. This sci-fi flick features a company-designed crime stopper. Robocop. Robocop. RoboCop is the correct answer. I'll just say that's a tie. Easy enough right there. G and B on the board. Here we go. Next one. A new planet is explored in this flick, and mechs featured the mechs featured get involved in the ultimate catfight. Oh, aliens. Nope. Ooh, wow. Come on, that's too good. Uh... New planet, mechs, catfight. Big cats. Big cats. Max. Is it Power Rangers the movie? <laughs> I wish. See, I said aliens because, you know, it's a girl versus a girl at the end, so there's a cat fight. There's a mech that's in that scene, and a new planet, they go to KFB, whatever. I think it fits. I don't care what your answer is. <laughs> I'm putting an asterisk next to Jermaine's name right now. Because it's taking so well, long. Wait, gonna, what? Don't they go to LV-426, which was explored in Alien, the first one? They just have a yeah, colony? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, so but, it's but, not new. Colony is like, like a new part of the colony. I don't know. Uh, okay. The answer <laughs> is Avatar. That's what I was going for. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Avatar. This next one. <laughs> the mechanical suit in this one was designed to keep that bitch away from her. Aliens. Aliens is the correct answer. <laughs> I'm just going to guess that for the rest of them now, too. All right. This might change it up, though. This fantasy brings an old legend to life and features a young Liam Neeson. Just got to think of any type of armor. Oh, oh. Uh, is it, like... I think you know it, but you don't know the name of it. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I don't know. Schindler's List. <laughs> Uh, old legend. Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Excalibur is what I was going for. No. Wow. Suit of armor. Here we go. This film showed that some armored suits are best kept in a briefcase. Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2 is the correct answer. An army of suits in this film helped save an underground city. An army huh. of mechs, I should say. Underground city. Part of a franchise. It's not Hellboy 2. No. no. That's a good guess, though. That's a really good guess. But uh, they weren't saving the city. Saving yeah, they were city. attacking the city, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's two of the three things. Industrial, my ass. I played the odds. I failed. Part of a franchise. Sci fi franchise. I- I'm blanking, Aaron. Sorry. All sir. right. Brandon? Nothing? Uh, I, I, I thought I already Okay, the so Matrix Revolutions was the answer to that question. Oh, oh God. <laughs> we look on that so fondly, I couldn't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, notice how we all wiped it from our mind. There we go. Depending on if you read the manual, the suits in this film can either help you jump through or over trains. Uh, um, 
Uh, G.I. Joe Rise of the Cobra? That is correct. Yeah, there you go. Good one. Two more. This suit comes fully loaded, but may be a bit hot under the African sun. District 9? District 9 is the correct answer. Last one. Two dudes have a lot of fun back in time trying on rad suits of armor. Bill and Ted's excellent Bill adventure. Ted's that excellent. is the correct answer. I believe, yep, Jermaine has answered the most correctly, making him the winner of Iron Men. Always a good sign when the, when the newest guest wins the game on the podcast. <laughs> that means he's encouraged to come back at some point and not just, just curse us off. Uh, all right. And, uh, okay. Let's see. All right. Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out into Blu-ray and DVD this week. Uh, Jack Reacher. I like Jack Reacher. Who saw Jack Reacher? Anyone saw Jack Reacher? Yeah, I like that film. It was, it was fun. It was it was un, it was un, unexpectedly entertaining. Cool, Brandon. Did you get a chance to see Jack Reacher? No, I, I I'm going to watch it when it comes out. Cool. I, I didn't get to it. Let's see, Safe Haven comes out this week. The latest Nicholas Sparks <laughs> romance movie. It's it's a movie. That's for sure. I saw it. it uh, there's there's love in the air. Josh Jamel makes faces. Um, let's see, Mama comes out. Who's seen Mama? I haven't seen Mama yet. I was on the set of Mama. Yeah, so I, I I think it's actually I think it's a, a really good movie that sort of uh, misses the landing, but it did really well, and I think they're even talking sequel. I don't know if that'll actually happen. Papa, but yeah, Papa. <laughs> but if you're, if, I mean, it's it's a pretty good little horror movie. I think if you rented it, like Blu-ray is gonna, it's probably gonna find a nice different life on Blu-ray. Cool. Let's see. Upstream Color comes out this well, yeah, it comes out this week on Blu-ray after a small small release. Um, I saw Upstream Color, and it, it's a—it's one that's it's it's challenging in the way the primer is, but for different reasons, I would say. And I would say see it if you want to really kind of flex your mind muscles. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that movie, and uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how how other people uh, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's if you like sort of you know esoteric sort of mysteries, and you know no. Nothing really explained about a movie, and really something to you know ha- talk about over a drink. Upstream Color is great. Yeah, certainly a good water cooler movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, lastly, Superman Unbound comes out. This is the latest from DC, the the kind of DC animated universe. And I saw this movie at WonderCon. Uh, Jermaine, did you get a chance to see Superman Unbound? I did not. No. It's uh, it's the Brainiac story. I think I talked about this actually when I the week of WonderCon. But uh, Superman Unbound, it it's the story of uh, of Brainiac and how that plays out and i quite enjoyed it I, I i tend to like the the dc animated movies and this one did a did a pretty good job of uh, kind of representing that that story the the, the animation is pretty solid the action's pretty cool and i i like the uh the vocal cast especially lois lane she was um stan mechanic from a uh, castle she provides the lois lane voice does do a good job i, I enjoyed that so yeah worth worth rent worth, worth checking out let's get to next week next week we're gonna talk Next week, we're going to talk about The Great Gatsby. This is the newest Baz Luhrmann film featuring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, Carrie Mulligan, Joel Edgerton, a lot of people. And um, it's Great Gatsby. It's big. It's in 3D. It's Baz Luhrmann. It's going to just jump at you even if you don't have 3D glasses on. So there you go. Let's uh, let's attempt to predict what we think The Great Gatsby is going to do at the box office next weekend. Iron Man certainly tearing it up, but we can we can try. Brandon, you were so eager earlier. What do you think Rick uh, Gatsby's going to do? Man, I I don't I don't know. It's got that whole second week thing going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna low with like. Uh, 
35 million. 30, 35, okay. Jermaine, you got a guess? Yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely going to be number two, and I think probably 35 is a great guess, but uh, let's go with let's go with 38. 38. That's a strong one. People like that DiCaprio. Um, God, Craig Gatsby. Iron Man's going to make a ton of money. I'll just I'll go slightly over again. I'll just go I'll go forty one. We'll see. We'll see how we'll see how people people love that great Gatsby story. Nothing says box office gold like a like a story about people partying it up in the twenties, right? Jay Z soundtrack. What what's to lose, right? So there you go. Let's see let's see how that goes. And uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes next weekend. But right now, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeke.com. You can also you can find all my written movie reviews, movie reviews there. You can also find me at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews, as well as my work covering the Newport Peach Film Festival this past week. And you can find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Uh, Brandon? Uh, I'm at Naptown Nerd, nat- naptownnerd.blogspot.com. Uh, currently doing a one of my re- my classic retrospective series on the Fast and Furious fran- franchise leading up to Fast and Furious 6. Uh, follow along there with that and other articles. And you can Follow me at BT Peters on Twitter. We, we refer to it as Fast and Furious on this show, Brandon. Okay. That's, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine? Uh, yeah, you, you find my work on SlashFilm.com and uh, on Twitter at, at Jermaine Lucier. That's at G-E-R-M-A-I-N-L-U-S-S-I-E-R. Great. Uh, thank you both for coming on this week. No. It's great talking. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and of course, you can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes at hhwlod.com. That's the podcast network that hosts our show, along with other shows about comics and games and other fun stuff like that. Outnow.podomatic.com. Most of the newest episodes and some exclusives are located there. The Outnow YouTube page, uh, you can search us on YouTube, and we have just the main review posted without all the other extra stuff that that we enjoy, but some people don't as much. Uh, outnowpodcast at gmail.com you can email us there send us your thoughts on Iron Man 3 and the other upcoming Marvel films of the cinematic universe you know we'd like to hear what you think is going to happen or what you thought about Iron Man 3 either way facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast you can follow and like those pages always happy to interact with our listeners on there and uh, yeah that's going to do it this week next week Great Gatsby this week we had Iron Man uh, stay tuned after the uh after the you know the initial uh, sign off here, because uh, Abe and I and whoever else may join us will talk about some more spoilery aspects of Iron Man three. But until next time, for those not listening, so long and goodbye. Yo, listen up! Here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world, and all day and all night, and everything he sees is just blue, like him. Inside and outside Blew his house with a blue little window And a blue corvette And everything is blue for him And himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got nobody to listen I'm blue, I've Hey, hey, we're back, and I am still Aaron, and now joining me is Abe. Hey, guys. 
Abe, good to hear you. Oh, I'm kind of happy to be on, I, I guess. I, I kind of missed the whole entire discussion, but I listened to it. <laughs> good, good work. And also joining Abe and I now, we have friend of the show, Adam Gentry. Hey, good to be here. Hey, Adam. Hey, Abe. <laughs> so uh, yeah, now we're gonna we're gonna continue our thoughts on uh, Iron Man three and uh, delve into a little more spoilery territory. But before we do that, let's uh, get some general thoughts from you guys since you haven't yet said them yet. Abe, what did you think of Iron Man three? Uh, I I liked uh, some parts of it. I thought it was kind of a letdown, honestly. Um, probably because the the trailers kind of built it up for me uh, onto this level where I thought it was gonna be like this really you know, a darker Tony Stark story. But I still like some of the witty dialogue. I certainly appreciated that from Shane Black. Um, and I, I liked just the overall uh, set pieces. I also liked his relationship with the with the uh, the child over in Tennessee and kind of going back to the core of Tony Stark being a uh, mechanical engineer to some degree. But um, on the whole, I think I was a little bit disappointed with the, uh, the main villain, um, and I think a little bit of where the third act went with the the, the tones, but uh, it's an enjoyable film, and certainly is one that I would tell people you know to go check out. But personally, I think it's a little bit of a, of a letdown. Adam, I'm with Abe on this one. I mean, I was kind of let down. I mean, it's not a bad movie. I thought it was okay, but I really felt like the law of diminishing returns is in effect with this particular trilogy, at least trilogy to this point. I love the first Iron Man. I like the second one all right, and this one. It's okay. I mean, if you're into big popcorn entertainment, you know, it'll do the job for you. I mean, if you want to go see Iron Man, you're going to see plenty of Iron Man. But, you know, kind of like it was, was, was mentioning, I wasn't crazy about where they kind of took the main villain. And there were a lot of just kind of unnecessary logical inconsistencies. I mean, I know you don't go to Iron Man for, you know, completely sensical, if you'll allow me to use it, that word. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'm going, it's like intolerable cruelty. I'm going to allow it. But no, I mean, it, it's not a bad movie, but I felt like, like kind of like you said, Abe, I mean, the trailer kind of builds it up a certain way, and then it kind of goes into very, kind, almost silly territory in certain bits. And like Peter Travers was saying in his review, I feel like the Tony Stark shtick is getting a little old. Like, it was pretty, it was a revelation, and now it's kind of, I, not run its course, but it's certainly not as as fun and as fresh as it used to be. See, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, because I, I do enjoy that Robert Downey Jr. stick, and I do think that the... I like the fact that the movie was very funny. Like, that's... I was mm -hmm. I was more happy that that was the case than it being the dark, gritty version of Iron Man that I didn't necessarily want to see. Like, that to me, that's what an, that's what an Iron Man movie is, at least for based on what I've been seeing so far, and even with the Avengers. Like, I like the idea that it's more of a screwball comedy with these characters than it is an action movie to an extent and Iron Man 2 is kind of the antithesis of that because there's very little action and mostly just them bickering for the majority of that movie in <laughs> Iron Man 3 I think it does have a I, I like that it's very funny that is it is a very funny movie but I do I mean I've already talked about this on the show already but I do think I do agree with what you're saying in terms of it's it just feels like another entry in this series as opposed to a real game changer yeah. in the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe, but that said, I think some of the best moments of this of this trilogy are in this movie. I mean, you know, with the various action set pieces and some of the developments in Tony Stark's. Let's get into some. This yeah. is supposed to be a spoiler. Let's do it. Let's do this. Let, let me. Let's first talk about the Mandarin in this movie because that's what I was trying to avoid in the main review. But 
That must have been hard. A little bit, but I'll say it's not that I'm displeased with the change from the comic versus how they portray the Mandarin in this film. It's just more of of the, what that reveal turns out to be. So and basically, the timing of it too, the timing of the reveal. Mm-hmm. It, the um, with the with the so the Mandarin's revealed to be just actually an, an actor as opposed to right. his actual terrorist threat and. To me, it just didn't hit the way I wanted it to. Like, I feel like it, when that reveal happened, it it was less like, wow, that was clever. And it is. I think it actually is a really good play. It is a nice bait and switch. Like, it's something you really wouldn't see coming based on how the movie was trying to market itself. Because, you know, Guy Pierce is actually the main villain and Ben Kingsley was just, he was a pawn in this whole thing. He, he was playing Ben Kingsley. Yeah. He was a patsy. <laughs> but for me, like, for a associating this cheeky British actor with like these hor- horrific bombings that were happening, th- it didn't feel right to me. Like I wasn't pleased with the you idea. Keep waiting for the looky loo. You almost think he's gonna pop out and be like, "Just kidding!" Bang, 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 and blow. Yeah, I, I really was thinking that too, especially when Tony Stark you know, invades the mansion and he's like, uh, "Where's the man?" And he's like, "I'm just an actor." I was like, "This is getting good." Like he's gonna like pull one on Tony Stark and it's gonna get even crazier because. I, I kind of knew that um, Guy Pierce had to be uh, the, one of the villains. This kind of goes to Aaron's theory of uh, of uh, the Girl the Dragon Tattoo remake, which is like, oh, it's got to be uh, Stellan Skarsgård yeah. because that's the only other billable name. Also, <laughs> Guy Pierce is the man with the dragon tattoo in this movie. So uh, yes, yeah. If you if you look closely, he does have. You like, don't need two to look closely. Dragon. They emphasize the fact that he has two giant mad dragon tattoos on his <laughs> man pecs during the Street Fighter battle at the end of the film. <laughs> But yeah, I do agree with you that uh, it, it's it. I thought the the Mandarin thing was clever, but I kept on waiting for a, a reveal of, haha, no, we we got you, Tony Stark. But it wasn't there, and ultimately, I kind of accepted it, and I thought that it was funny, because um, Ben Kingsley does have some funny lines. But uh, I felt as though it was kind of like a huge letdown from the trailer too, which I I shouldn't really uh you know fault the trailer for because. Um, I think the movie is trying to be clever in that regard. I think if you push the reveal back like later on in the story, I think you kind of built it up even more. I think it could have been more effective. Like, it's not – it's a cool – like Garen said, it's a really cool idea. It yeah. hit the way you want it to hit. And I feel like maybe you push it back a little further or you frame it a little differently or you play it up or play certain things down or whatever. I think it could have hit more effectively as opposed to just, oh, it was kind of afterthought of, oh, I'm a guy named Travis, which was an awesome name choice. it's i guess because you like i've just watched a scene where travis who thinks he's all in it for like some kind of show like he doesn't realize the severities of the actions he's causing like i just watched him apparently shoot a guy in the head right now because you cut it when you're seeing on the screen it looked like it cut back to him like it looked like on this thing people were watching they didn't actually see, see him shoot him I think that's opinion. more of this is a Disney movie and they're not going to show someone get his brains blown out in the PG-13 yeah. film about Iron Man. I just, Iron Man. I just when you're watching yeah. like the broadcast like with the people, I, I felt like they cut back real quick, so you missed that. Like I felt like they missed it. So like it might have been an implied shooting as opposed to an actual shooting. I don't know. Right. Regardless yeah. if they showed it or not, I mean, 
if he's if if this guy, what was he like, a chief of staff or something like that? He was a, uh, he was an accountant, accountant for one of the oil companies. Well, it's yeah. not like Killian and, and the fake man who just let him go after all this. I mean, he he knows about their evil plan or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean but, later I mean, regard, you see that the guy just gets up. He's like, all right, yeah, great, great job there, guy. Unless he's another actor or something. But I mean, yeah, and but I from, from what the movie's telling me, I just watched the Mandarin shoot a guy in the head, and then right. you know the next scene involving the Mandarin is, oh, I'm just a cheeky British guy. Thing too, if you think about it with the whole Disney angle, was how with Disney was not cool with the idea of Tony Stark being an alcoholic. So, like, they totally cut out the whole substance abuse and alcoholic, alcohol, alcoholism subplots, and yet mm-hmm. they made this really dark movie about terrorism and, you know, just people, you know, people turning into human bombs. It's pretty gruesome stuff, and people get cut yeah. and sliced and diced and regrowing their severed appendages. And yet, you know, alcoholism that's just too far i think it's because alcoholism is you know that's real and i think this movie for what it's worth is the most comic booky of the three iron yes absolutely and so in the way that's portrayed it has to you know ground it to an extent so it has to look a certain way but i do think the concept of you know a bunch of t-1000s running around like (laughs) it, it 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 didn't it didn't bother it didn't seem like it it didn't seem like too much of a dark thing to portray necessarily even no, though i'm not saying weird contrast to like to totally have to do it with the alcoholism because of the disney name and yet to make such a dark film anyway that's all i'm saying i'm not saying it's bad yeah i mean like to add on to that darkness there are there terrorism is not a funny subject and absolutely adam i agree with you that you know it's not something that people should be oh at least it's not alcoholism it's uh probably just as bad um not only that there's a lot of people dying later in the movie too with bullet shots and gunshot wounds um and that's not something to laugh at either but it it does make you wonder well where does Disney draw the line um and i do want to say just to finish up on our point about you know the the villains uh i kept on thinking about sherlock the bbc series and where moriarty kind of was like oh i'm just an actor like you're just making this all up sherlock and i was really hoping for that kind of a feel with the mandarin but you know it is what it is guy pierce kind of just Decides to be a you know a fire breathing dragon, but for some for some reason I'm not exactly sure what his motivations are in the in the, the long <laughs> scheme of things. Besides, you know, and Kingsley is great in this movie though too. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm no, certainly not faulting really, the acting abilities yeah. of Ben Kingsley. Oh, like no, he plays, like, oh yeah, he, he is he's he's good with what he does. And I mean, again, I when I eventually see this movie again, I'm looking forward to kind of watching these performances more and admiring exactly. things about them as well as the action as well as the story. And, I mean, my biggest problem with the film is that the story just tries to do too much, I think. It yeah. doesn't quite nail every aspect of it. But I do think this is one of the more interesting movies in the Marvel Universe, just in terms of yeah. what they try to accomplish and may or may not have ultimately handled on a, sat- on a completely satisfying level. And that brings me to another point I want to talk about, the the ending of this movie. The super happy ending where everything works out for everybody, <laughs> apparently. Tony Stark <laughs> just goes in, gets a few acupunct- acupuncture needles... And, you know, has the surgery and takes out the thing that he's been... Because if you were a super genius, I mean, you'd, you'd choose to wait. You know, you know, you want to be, you know, the whole Zen thing, suffering, you know, you're holding back. I, that was totally baffled me. I was just thinking to myself, well, if you could have done this all along, why did you walk around with an electromagnet in your chest your entire time? And then you throw it into the ocean? Give me a break! Hey man, it's mantelpiece like, item. It's it's like Tom Cruise only way Goose's dog tags in Top Gun. He just he doesn't need it anymore, man. It's like Gloria Stewart dropping in the part of the ocean. In the... <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and, uh, and you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's like, oh, I, I made her, I fixed her back to normal. No need, no need to see that. Yeah, no need to see that, exactly. We see Tony Stark again in the Avengers, like, the movie will open with him, like, in, like, a submersible going, where's the magnet, where's the magnet, where's the magnet? <laughs> but I do agree that no, there were, like, uh, Titanic, uh, like, they'll literally be in the submersible, and they come like, upon it. Robert Downey Jr. will have frosted tips on his hair like Bill Paxton, it'll be great. Hope Diamond, what? Um, I won't no, let but, go, Tony. I, I'll never let go. <laughs> Thank you, Jarvis. But it was weird that it, you know Tony Stark, being a billionaire, uh, genius mechanical engineer, electrical engineer, couldn't figure out a way to pull a piece of shrapnel from his own heart, and he relied on you know whatever medicine. I, I felt as though that it was kind of cheap in terms of having Gwyneth Paltrow fall through her her two minute death, um, and then just come back i was like okay well clearly she could not have died because there would have been a more dramatic way for them to to show oh yeah there wasn't for one second me thinking oh yeah she's dead low she was she was the second she was like well she's gonna come back at some point like there was yeah no question there i was more emotionally moved by tony stark talking to the little boy about his anxiety attacks than gwen foster falling you know 300 feet to a fire the most emotionally moved i was in this movie was when um his dummy machine fell in with the house Huh. Oh, that when I saw that thing go, but and then he got it at the end, so that made me happy. Like he had it on the back of the truck. He's <laughs> <laughs> his best robot the, buddy. The like, dunce. Yeah. There were a couple of really weird logical things with the ending. I felt like, for example, you know, the whole thing in the middle of the movie where oh, I've got to go to the hardware store and I got to buy some stuff and build something, and all the while it's like, hey, let's do that house party protocol thing earlier and then get, I don't know, the blue suit. I mean, it, at the end, all of a sudden, we have these suits flying everywhere, and yet a while ago, he couldn't get a suit to save his life, and then he blows them all up. I thought that was stupid. I mean, you've just established that there are people out there that could kick your ass, and yet, you know, we don't need to right. blow them up. Yeah, and, and that's his anxiety in the whole entire film, right? He's like, oh, you know, he, he realizes that we're not alone in the universe, and that he's haunted by having to one day realize that he's going to have to fight these aliens again and yeah i guess i'll just you know throw away all the 43 other suits that i just made you know when i when i had insomnia um that is kind of a weird thing uh it's it's a happy-go-lucky ending like what aaron was alluding to and it's just i i was i at, at that point i was just like okay i guess i'm just gonna go with this movie um where it's taking me because it's not really worth this, uh, dissecting uh, to to the nth degree. I wouldn't go that. I mean, I think it is worth this guy. I think I think. I mean, we're doing that right now. But I think no, there, no, I yeah. think I think there is. That's that's kind of my issue with the movie because I think it does attempt to do things that are inherently interesting in terms of Tony Stark's arc as a character in this movie, and it just doesn't quite pull them all off. I think, and I, and I do think that's a problem with the movie, which is why I don't like it more. But I I admire it for taking chances. But yeah, there are yeah. some issues I take with the idea of like. Yeah, let's just have this super happy ending where everything happens the way we wanted. Or like, hey, I had all these suits and this was my decision I decided to make. And I'm guessing, I mean, apparently that worked for other people because the people that, are, that I'm saying that just just love this movie, just think it's the best of the three, and just really want to praise it and give it all its love. Wow. And I just, I, I wasn't brought to that point. And I, yeah, I wish that. I was. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I hope on my my subsequent viewing of the film, I'll enjoy it even more. But I don't know. I just walked out thinking this. Didn't this didn't hit it? This didn't nail it on the head for me as yeah. much as I would have liked. Yeah, agreed with that. Well, Christy Lemire had an interesting point where she was saying that she felt like this film, in a lot of ways, was trying to be more of a sequel to the Avengers than a sequel to Iron Man Two, 
Mm. almost directly follow the events of the Avengers in the aftermath there as opposed to kind of just sticking with the, you know, the Iron Man story, which I thought was an interesting point. You know, and it, like she was saying, it has some kind of interesting problems with that because, you know, it's trying to progress things on that level, but it doesn't have the big advantage that the Avengers had, which was all those extra characters and all those extra subplots. You know, you're trying to kind of continue that on with just this very narrow, you know, with the with the world of Tony Stark, which is an exciting world, obviously, but not nearly as expansive. Any other thoughts uh, on Iron Man 3? Anything you want to point out? I now know that those giant arm things were not, in fact, boobs on the bunny. It was just... What? Giant arm. <laughs> really? I brought this. I brought this up when we were talking about the trailer yep. uh, when yeah. it first came out. I was like, "Did you guys see that giant thing in the back? It looks like a bunny with boobs." And it's just bunny like, mystery just... solved. Finally, yes. <laughs> Woo! I can now rest easy. Wow, I had no idea. What? Well, one thing I'll just say that I really, really dug about the movie though was the set piece with the, the Air sky Force di- One, the skydivers, if you. Will. Oh yeah, that was yeah. really cool. Like I was, I was hoping they would kind of turn it into that kind of a thing where he grabs them all and whatever, and they do kind of like a skydiving thing. And that was just, I had not seen that kind of thing in a movie before, and that was really great. Yeah, I, I, I really like that that action scene as well. It was probably my favorite action scene in the movie, and I was happy that, you know, the trailers give you the idea of that's something that's going to happen, but didn't, you know, reveal, unless there was a clip that they I didn't watch, but they didn't, yeah, it didn't exactly. reveal how that scene was going to play out, and I was very happy with how it did play out and how I didn't know how it was going to play out. So I was in the theater thinking, yes, this is really cool. And, like, <laughs> and I mean, I'd say that about a lot of the action in this movie. I do think, yeah, exactly. I think I the stakes are there. I don't think it, it doesn't, like, if, I, if Iron Man 2 has that whole scene with, like, John Favreau and Gwyneth Paltrow in the car trying to give Tony his suitcase, and it's, like, played almost for last while Mickey Rourke is being playing Trying himself with whips cool. <laughs> yeah and like and but this movie i feel like the action like you know even scenes where like tony stark's in like he has like just pieces of his suit on and he's like trying to ease you know being innovative with how he's working his way out of these various action sequences like it's it's very creative in that manner but it also makes you feel like oh he can get hurt if he doesn't do something correctly and like yeah. i i yeah. appreciated that and I, I certainly appreciate that the uh, though we've seen a lot of the action in the trailers, the action sequences in the film are actually a lot longer. Um, you know, the assault on Tony Stark's house, much longer than I anticipated. And I was like, I actually really like this. I I did not expect some of this to, you know, from the trailer that I saw, um, some of it I did expect. But for the most part, I was happy with uh, with how long those set pieces were. Um, it's just that they, they're kind of, you know, the, the storyline around it is weak, but... Everything else is, I feel as though it's pretty strong. I mean, and it reinforces, you know, you know, the very, very, very important life lesson, which is never buy property in Malibu. Yeah, <laughs> especially that, you know, it seems like a 60-40 split, right? 60% over the cliff, I mean, 40% on landslides, the cliff. Landslides, mudslides, fires, terrorist attacks. Covers yeah. of the song Landslide. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> is that the exit song? Uh, not, no, it won't be, but I, I, I'm happy that I made this reference. And I will say, also, don't give your address out. Just don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that so many people didn't know where Tony Stark lived, apparently. It seems like he has a pretty pretty knowable mansion, given the size That's of it. true. It's not like you hadn't seen it on the news, man. But, yeah, but yeah well, don't, you know, don't you, give out the, your yeah. address, um, you know, to terrorists. Not and a, then you get oh, a lot of okay. I'm going to take the, the, the recording device, just toss it, because... No one else was there with a camera. I mean, clearly. I mean, no one else there had any recording <laughs> devices. That does, yeah, that kind of annoyed me. Just like, that's a guy's phone. Like, it's not like. <laughs> but he did say, Bill me. 
Well, don't do that in the first. Yeah, right. <laughs> Moral of the story, kids. All right, so I, I think we've sufficiently talked about Iron Man three even more for this podcast. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going for. One oh two. Um, just because you haven't said it already, Abe, where can people find more of your work? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Aaron Newer. Mr. Adam Gentry. You can find more of my stuff at twitter.com, uh, twitter.com slash iltwinanarchist, or at things I know about the movies located at www.everythingyoualwayswantedtoknow.blogspot.com. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I've already gone over the show as well as the next week once again. Great Gatsby. That's the episode for next week. Um, yep, that's... That's that's real. That's pretty much it here because we've been talking quite a bit about Iron Man this week. Ooh, so, yeah, wow! It's gonna, gonna end it now and say, Ooh. you know, until next time. So long and goodbye. Predictions? We do that later. Oh, we do that later? Yeah. Okay. Brandon, come on. Ah. <laughs> I'm sucking at Abe Jr. Let's get to games, though.